That's awesome. Thank you. He's risen. Yeah. Man. Resurrecting me. Yeah, resurrecting us. I mean, it's like the, the weather is perfect. Remember we had some rain and it got really hot. It was awful. But now we're back to the way that it ought to be. John and Pat are vaccinated and they're here. <laughs> Missed you guys. Um, man, it is just good. Oh, got some malapards. I mean, this is awesome. It's crazy because, I mean, it feels like you're starting to feel it. You're starting to, we're starting to feel that, like, there's, we're coming back. You know, like, it's been a crazy, awful year. Like, really bad. But it's starting to feel like we're coming back. And, and I think, really, when we look at what's gone on over the last year, I mean, if, if, if the devil's out there, I bet he's patting himself on the back going like, A plus me, I completely wrecked the world. I mean, think about what has happened over the last year. Think about how divided we have become. And I'm not just talking about, like, you know, Coast Bible Church versus whoever is out there. No way. I'm talking about us in the pews, people next to us, how divided we've become. We've been through a whole year, a little more than a year now, of division days. Of days where we are asking these questions, and these are difficult questions that have been asked. Should we go to church? Should we watch? Uh, watching is super convenient. Love sleeping in. Uh, should we even have church? Uh, you know, for a while there, we were outside. We got that tent that got ripped up um, the, like, by the wind after a while. It was super sweaty. We moved it. Um, and then the question was, even then, I mean, we were packing like so many of you. It was like super spreader event for days. And like I was like, it would obviously be better if we were in the sanctuary. It was scary. Should we have church inside? I mean, that's been a big thing with the law. Should we have school? I mean, okay, kids, who here goes to school five days a week? Raise your hand. All right, who here goes to school less than five days a week? Yeah. Yeah, I'll read. Okay, well, it doesn't count, man. Homeschool, it's like, it's different. Uh, and then... You know, the, the BLM, the woke culture, when we saw the George Floyd protests, a lot of people in this congregation started waking up and being like, wait a minute, wait a minute, are we really on the side of ra racial reconciliation? And if so, uh, if not, how can we change that? And then a, a, a lot of other people in this congregation were like, we're, we're doing a great job with that, we don't need to worry about it. I see most of you are on the uh, no-mask side of things. Um... Most, not all. And then uh, we probably have some people joining from home who are very much in favor of masking. Vaccinate or not vaccinate, I got my, uh, I'm getting my second on uh, Wednesday next week. I'll be finally safe. I'm excited. Uh, but we also, and there's many of you here um, who, who are, are, are vaccinated or you're being vaccinated. There's also many of you here who are anti-vaxxers. And not, if you don't like regular vaccines, these ones are especially scary because these aren't traditional vaccines, right? They're mRNA, like they're training your body how to do things. It's very, it's different. And you're like, ah, maybe wait, see if, see if uh, you know, see what happens to Tom, see if he like, you know, turn, 
get sick or whatever. Yeah, they say that the second Pfizer is going to make me really sick. So I'm going to be out of commission for a couple of days next week. And if I die, Lindsay, you were right. Never should have done it. I, uh... <laughs> it's Trump and Biden. I have yet to meet anyone here who was like, man, Biden is the greatest ever. But I have met a lot of people here who are like, that Trump is despicable. And I'm glad we got rid of him. And I know a lot of you here are like, hey, that Trump actually won the election. It was stolen. And I refuse to call Biden my president. Literally right now, in the pews next to you, are people from whom you've been divided this year. On every single one of these issues, there are people in the pews next to you that you vehemently disagree with. And so the question is, does the resurrection have anything to say to that? Is is the resurrection of Jesus, does it have something to say to us as a community, and not just Coast Bible Church, but yes, Orange County, which became super purple over the last 10 to 20 years, Um, and and, and to the, the nation as a whole, to the world as a whole, does the resurrection even matter anymore? The first thing on your note, Jesus, is just a reminder that in 2020 and 2021, we've been divided. How do we go forward from this? Is there any way that we can be reconstituted as a people? And does the resurrection have something to do with that? Well, uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to give you just a little piece near the end of one of Paul's most majestic chapters. It's 1 Corinthians 15. And, and, he, and during 1 Corinthians 15, Paul has gone on and on and on about the resurrection of Jesus. He said things like, I've met 500 people who, who met the Lord after he was raised from the dead. It's real. This happens. Not only that, I've talked to Peter Cephas, that's his, his other name, and he met the Lord. He touched the Lord. I know this is real. I came late to the party, but Jesus revealed himself to me. Jesus is real. The resurrection is real. And if you want to, if you have questions about it, here's, here's what the, and he goes through all these different things about the resurrection, what kind of life it'll be like, how glorious it'll be for us, not just Jesus. And then finally, he's near the end. He says, when this perishable, this broken, dying body puts on glory, imperishability, and this mortal body puts on immortality, the saying is going to be fulfilled. Death has been swallowed in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? Earlier in the chapter, Paul, he, Paul comes through every single way that our lives are going to be transformed when we are gathered to the Lord in the air. And he's like, this is happening. This isn't fake. This isn't a myth. It's not a story. This is real. And if that's the truth, then everything's flipped upside down. There's nothing that can defeat you, nothing that can overcome you. Every part of your life is now shifting, changing, because you know your future. So the second thing to remind ourselves is the resurrection means nothing. Not even death has power over us anymore. You are not a slave anymore. You are not brought down and you can't and you and, and you're unable to defeat the things that's not the case anymore sin has lost its power death has been swallowed up in victory so what 
Paul. He ends, you know, 1 Corinthians 15 with this, and then he says, okay, if that's the, if that's the case, if that's true, now what? I want to take you through a very small little piece of text. It might be a little unfamiliar, it might be a little weird, but I want you to understand that now that Paul has established that death no longer has its sting, okay, then, then all these other things are going to happen. He gives some really practical things that the church in Corinth, the church here at Coast Bible Church, needs to understand, needs to be a part of. And it might sound a little weird, but I, I guarantee you we're going to get there together. Now about Apollos, our brother, I begged him to visit you with the rest of the brothers, but he's absolutely unwilling to come. He'll come as soon as he has the opportunity. Paul's telling the Corinthians that their friend, Apollos, isn't going to make it. Who is Apollos, you might ask? Um, a lot of fans of The Voice here. Nobody? I have to watch this. It's the only TV show I watch. Oh, okay, cool. Lucas and Kate. Cool, yeah. Um, so, The Voice is a singing competition. And um, at a certain point, there were two, there were two guys who kind of like would carpet each other, uh, and one of them left. Uh, do I have the picture here of, uh, yeah, Blake and, and Adam? Okay. Now, I've never heard any of Blake Shelton's music, but he's a country singer, and so I feel very confident saying that it's all garbage. Um, <laughs> nevertheless, apparently, he's still very popular. The, the man's had a, some 20-plus year career, and most of it, he's been a, a, a coach on The Voice. He's the one on the left. Uh, he's been a coach on The Voice. He's led many uh, aspiring singers to win at The Voice, which I don't know what that gets you, but something probably. Um, and, and he is the, the guy. And for a long time, the other guy there, that's Adam Levine. He's the singer from Maroon 5. I have heard his music, and so I can definitively say it's garbage. Um, but he, uh, he would have like this, this, like, this kind of hatred for Blake. Because uh, Blake was, you know, his career just kept going up and up. And, and then Blake got engaged to Gwen Stefani. And who wouldn't want to be engaged to get Gwen Stefani? And so Adam Levine started to really get angry. And so a couple years ago, they had a big spat. And he quit The Voice after like 16 or 17 years on, on the show. Well, Apollos was kind of like Blake Shelton. He was the Blake Shelton of the early church. When we meet him in Acts 18, uh, Luke describes him as eloquent, well-versed in the scriptures. Everyone wanted to come listen to him. He was the, the cool, hot guy. He was awesome. He kept having number one hits. The crowds grew. He was super charismatic. In fact, at one point, he goes to the, the church in Corinth, the one that Paul's talking to right now, after Paul has started it, and he starts preaching there, and they're like, man, this guy's so much better than Paul. Paul's a, he was like an ugly, broken man. And he, time and time again, we hear that he was not a good speaker. He wasn't charismatic. He just, he just didn't have it. And there's this new guy on the scene who's just number one hit, number one hit after the, and, and Paul is, Paul, like, you get the sense when you read Paul talking about him, Paul doesn't like this guy. Paul's a little stressed about this guy. And did you notice, though, the way that, that Paul speaks about him? He says, Apollos, our brother. He's still in the family. He's still part of the team. I can't stand to look at him, and I don't want to be in the same room with him, but he's, he's family. He's on our team. He's our brother. And did you notice how, how, uh, how Apollos responds when Paul's like, I begged him to come see you. Listen, to this. can you imagine, like, I don't want you guys to like, like some other preacher more than me. I want to get paid, son. All right, so, but, but Paul here, Paul's like, he's like, here's this guy who's better, you, you like more than me. I asked him to come back to you. And he looked at me and he was like, no, I'm good. 
He's absolutely unwilling to come. Uh, the Greek there is really emphatic. Like Paul's like, many times I beseeched him. And he was quite totally not willing to come right now. Apollos has no time for Paul. He thinks Paul's kind of a chump. And yet somehow they find this common ground where Paul can still be on Apollos' side, even though he can't stand his, can't stand his face. Somehow Paul recognizes that regardless of the past and regardless of who is popular, he would rather be for Apollos and to see himself, you know, decrease and not be, he would rather if the church grows, if the gospel goes out. Why? Because for an entire chapter, Paul has been telling the Corinthians, dude, we're going to be together forever. I'm going to have to put up with Blake Shelton for all of eternity. So I'd better get on board now. That's the next thing in your note. She's moving forward. Resurrection means we can be graciously good to all for Jesus' sake. Even the people that we desperately disagree with. I can't believe you voted for that guy. can't believe you wanted to kill grandma. I can't believe you'd risk your health with that shot. Paul goes on. He, 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 so first, he's like, resurrection? All right, if I got to put up with this, this prima donna, I will. And I'm going to be good to him, and I'm going to love him, and he's still my brother, even though... Ugh. In fact, I, I think kind of at the end where he says as soon as he has the opportunity, I think Paul's being a little sarcastic there. Um, I think he knows that Apollos could leave Ephesus. Oh, and did you notice with the rest of the brothers, like Apollos has this crew that goes with him. He has like an entourage. And Paul, Paul's like, uh. But he's still, he's still for Apollos because the gospel's going out. And resurrection means we're all together forever, so you might as well get along now. And Paul says, stay alert, hold fast the faith, be brave, be strong. It's a little sexist, actually. I'm serious. Uh, be brave there. Uh, that actually, the, uh, the Greek there is andridzomai. Andra is the uh, Greek root for uh, andros, which is the word for man. And andridzomai, idzomai is the verb part of the word. And it means be a man. It literally is the Greek for man up. In the ancient world, uh, the, the, the height of you know, courage, of you know, whatever, was, was the soldier, right? Because soldiers were the people who were willing to put themselves in harm's way. Uh, that's a really hard thing to do. Courage, the ancient virtue of courage, that was something that was very much associated with men. Nowadays, we got girl power. That's spelled G-R-R-R-R-R-L, power. My kids have the, those shirts, you know, you get at Target. Made by a slave labor in another country. But don't worry about it. You're fine. Keep your, keep your conscience clean. It's all good. Ancient world, though, it was, it was very much about, like, the, the idea that, I mean, they, didn't, they would never even consider women in combat in the ancient world. But the, the, the idea would be that you've got to stand up. You've got to man up. If you're going to be able to hold fast, if you're going to be able to take it, take the, the pressures of the culture, the lies, the misinformation, the fake news, if you're going to be able to sift through that, if you're going to be able to have a voice, you've got to stand up. You've got to man up. 
Have any of you guys ever seen one of these movies? These are awesome. I, I've, never clicked, I've never clicked on one, um, but I've noticed on Netflix and Vudu when I'm scrolling, it'll pop up. Like, there's Bruce Willis. He's like 94 years old. But he's like, he's going to be in this awesome action movie with, with Curtis Jackson, 50 Cent. You know, Steven Seagal, who went to high school with my father. Is that true? The same high school. Not, you have no connection to Steven Seagal? I thought you did. Jackson Brown, who's that? Is he Steven Seagal? <laughs> Dad, I don't, I, you've forgotten this in your, in your old age, but Steven Seagal went to the same high school. He went to Sunny Hills. Not at the same time, apparently, but uh, he went the same. And now he's like 400 years old, but he can still do the moves. And so you, there's like, can you believe, these, has anyone ever watched one of these movies? Right? No. Like, I don't know anyone who has ever clicked on any one of these movies. But I do know how they came to be. Um, th- what happened? They're called geezer teasers. I'm, I'm not kidding. This is true. This is a fact. They're called geezer teasers. Here's the guy who invented them. His name's Randall Emmett, hanging out with a couple of young chickens. <laughs> oh, man. Randall Emmett, he's 50 years old. Um, <laughs> Who knows how old Sylvester Stallone and Schwarzenegger are? Uh, but what? So here's the deal. So he finds out. He finds out what he, Randall Emmett. He's produced 110 of these, straight to video, like straight to Voodoo, Redbox, Netflix, whatever. He's 110 of them. He's made 1.2 billion dollars. That's just Randall Emmett. He's a billionaire. Because apparently there's like there's millions of people out there who click on these movies and spend three dollars. And what happens is you go to the movie, right? And Bruce Willis is in the movie. It's a 90-minute film always. He's in it for 10 minutes, right? Or Schwarzenegger shows up for seven minutes. He's like this minor character. But what, what, what the person sees is they see these ancient action stars from back in like the 80s when men were still men, Right? And they're like, that was the good, the good old day. I'll be back. I mean, that, that, was when, that was when you could still be masculine. And so there's millions of people in America and around the world who click on these things, hoping, desperate, to go back to a time when people could still man up. Because back in the 80s, when you watched a movie and you saw, you saw Arnold Schwarzenegger or you saw Bruce Willis, you know that that man is not going to compromise the truth. He's not going to just sit there and take it when people do wrong. He's not going to stand by and compromise and let you get away with injustice. And so now, even though these guys are ancient of days... There's a hunger and a desire in people's hearts to just have a taste of what it was like back when people were really courageous. Just look at the text again. Stay alert. Hold fast the faith. Don't don't listen to the misinformation that's going around. Don't, Don't be swayed by that stuff. Instead, hold fast. Be brave. Man up. Be strong. Because right now, we've spent a year being divided over all these things. And there are every single person here disagrees with multiple other people here about what the truth is, about how it's... And nevertheless, Paul and Apollos, they... And nevertheless, Paul says, you can still be courageous. 
you can still courageously contend for the truth. Next thing in your note sheets, just flip that one. Moving forward, resurrection means we courageously, although graciously, contend for the truth. If we're going to move forward as a church and as a culture, we're going to have to tell each other what we think. But we're going to have to do it in a way that doesn't cause us to be at each other's throats. I think this is going to be especially difficult because the culture outside, the enemy, is really, 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 really trying to take advantage of the things that are keeping uh, some people at home, that are keeping some people from uh, being able to relate to each other because you saw what the other person posted on social media. I don't know what you've put on social media. I don't use it because I believe that it's a tool of the devil, that it's the evilest thing in the universe, and you should all delete your accounts immediately and never go back. And you should, because don't, don't nod your head. Don't do it. You're still, you still have a chance. You're young. You can avoid being sucked in. Just kidding. Kind of. But I know what you post on social media because other people in this church tell me what you post. Can you believe so-and-so said this? Yeah, I can believe it. Have you ever met a human being before? (laughs) And so we have these radically differing views here in this congregation. And yet, we have to find a way to, to come together in grace as we contend for the truth. And so when you see that thing that really makes you mad on Instagram, really offends you, I encourage you to, to come on a Sunday or pick up the phone and approach that person and say, you know something, I, I know you're in this place and you believe that you know, the Capitol uh, protests were a good thing, um, but I, I don't, and here's why. And, and, and I'm just asking for you to tolerate my view. Last thing Paul says. Do everything in love. He says, look, the resurrection happened. Okay? That's the truth. We can contend for that. That shines a light on everything. Now we see that Jesus is alive and in power, and so we can graciously do good to all. We can courageously contend for the truth. But I ask you, make sure you do everything in love. Love is agape. That's the Greek. Uh, in, in ancient Greek culture, it just meant disinterested love. It meant love that it just seeks the good of the other. Okay? That's what it meant. Christians took the term and they adapted it. They changed it to more closely track a a Hebrew concept called chesed, which means uh, uh, unyielding commitment, loving affection that never stops, that's always going after the beloved and seeking the beloved's good. And so when Paul says do everything in love, he's not saying do everything with like, you know, affection, although that's important. He's saying, do everything desiring deeply the good, the thriving, the life of the person that you're interacting with. In 2018 in Dallas, Texas, a woman named Amber Geiger, who was an off-duty police officer, um, We don't know the details. We don't know exactly how it worked out because it got very confusing. But we do know this. She went uh, to the wrong apartment. 
She was in an apartment complex, and she entered uh, an apartment that was above hers. She'd gone up a few, an extra set of stairs. She contends that the door was um, not locked, and she simply opened it, um, and she ice cream. She was an off-duty police officer. Uh, she says that she believed she was being burglarized, and so she unholstered her weapon and shot him dead. Um, both in Jean was a, uh, an African-American man. She's a white woman. Very quickly, um, a lot of different narratives cropped up, and I think especially in the wake of um, George Floyd and all that's happened in the past year, I think we can understand how and why that might have occurred. It was a pretty big deal in Texas. A lot of people thought that she was uh, profiling and that she was being um, extremely, extremely irresponsible and possibly even hateful in the execution of this man. He was charged with uh, manslaughter, I believe maybe second or third degree murder. He was found guilty, or she, I'm sorry, Amber Geiger, was found guilty, um, and she was set to be sentenced. At her sentencing, uh, both in Jean's younger brother, Brant, um, asked to be able to speak. And this is what he said. I hope. No? No YouTube link in the emails? Ah, there it is. I can speak for myself. I I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not going to say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I see I I personally want the best for you. And I, I wasn't gonna ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. Because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm not going to say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can can I give her a hug, please? Please? Yes. 
What made it possible for Brant Jean to forgive Amber Geiger? And not just to forgive, but to seek, do you hear what he said? To seek her best. I want the best for you. I want Christ for you. Brant Jean and his brother Bothan, they believe in the resurrection of the dead. They believe that even though Bothan lost so much, that one day they're going to be together forever. And because that's possible, you can love everybody. Brant Jean lost his brother at 26 years old. I think maybe we can find a way to get along with somebody who voted for the wrong guy. For somebody who got the vaccine. For somebody who supports Black Lives Matter. The hardest thing that's going to happen in this coming year is for these division days for end, to end, for us to move forward. But the message of the resurrection of Jesus Christ today is that moving forward, there is no offense. There is no sin. There is no division that is so divisive that we cannot end up in agopic accord. That's the last thing on your note sheets. There's nothing that separates us that's so egregious, that's so large, that in the resurrection it cannot become, it can't be overcome. No matter how different we may be, no matter how much we've been divided, no matter how much the enemy has planted hate, bitterness, concern, rage, fear in our hearts, that can be overcome in agopic accord, in genuine love, desire for the best for the other. Brothers and sisters, the resurrection today means that you can be graciously good. It means you can, you can contend for the truth courageously. And it means that you can be in agopic accord with the people from whom you seem the farthest. Just take a look at that empty tomb for a second and say, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Let's pray. Gracious God in heaven, may we be people who recognize the power of life and the resurrection, the meaning, the death, and, and all the other things that we fear, exclusion, shame, that none of those has power anymore. That Jesus is alive and we live too and we will live too. May we be graciously good, courageously contending for the truth and deeply in agopic accord with those that seem far off from us. People maybe we haven't seen for a year. People we disagree with and yet to whom we are united as brothers in Christ as Apollos and Paul were. Lord God in heaven, we praise you for the glorious resurrection of your son. 
the earth-shaking, tragic, uh, tragedy-undoing event that gives us life and gives us hope and moves us forward. May, may we as a church move forward. May we as a, a, a culture and a country move forward in the light of resurrection life. And may all of it bring glory to you, Lord Jesus, as you give glory to the Father in the movement of the Spirit, triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit. We confess you three in one, glorious and majestic beyond all things. And may we bask in the joy of this glorious day together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.